What was the best day of Dismas's life? Dismas, of course, was the so-called good thief, mentioned not in the Gospel of John that we just heard. He's mentioned only in the Gospel of Luke. He's the man who had a change of heart as he was hanging on the cross next to Jesus on Good Friday. The Bible indicates that at first, both he and the other criminal were verbally abusing our Lord after they were nailed to their crosses. As we are told in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27, verse 44, the insurgents who had been crucified with Jesus kept taunting him in the same way. There is no distinction made between the two thieves. Both at the beginning were taunting our Lord, as the chief priests were, and the scribes, and the elders. However, at some point during that three-hour period of time that he hung there with Jesus, this good thief experienced a conversion. Something happened to him on the inside. Question is, why? The answer is, we don't know. <laughs> At least we don't know with absolute certitude. The Bible does not explicitly tell us. So we can have our theories, and I have mine. One of my theories is that he was <laughs> deeply impressed by how Jesus responded to these taunts that were being hurled at him. I'm sure that most people who were crucified by the Romans in the first century did not respond in such a loving way to the passers-by who were taunting them. And that was a regular phenomenon when crucifixions happened. They happened near roadways where there was a lot of activity. The Romans designed it all that way. This was an ancient form of deterrent. You were to look at the people being crucified and you were to think to yourselves, oh yeah, that's what happens when you defy imperial Rome. I'm not going to do that. That was their hope. And people were taunting those on the cross regularly. So this was a common phenomenon. Well, as I said, most of those who hung on the cross probably did not respond with love when they heard those taunts. They probably hurled their own expletives back the other, in the other direction. So Jesus' response had to have been unique and had to have struck Dismas. Because Jesus responded with love and with silence. The silence of a lamb being led to the slaughterhouse. To use that famous image from the book of Isaiah that we heard tonight in our first reading. I also believe that Dismas was deeply moved by the way that Jesus forgave his murderers. That must have struck him. See, contrary to what many people believe today, forgiveness is not a sign of weakness. Forgiveness is a sign of strength. You don't need any inner strength whatsoever to let anger and unforgiveness get the better of you. That's easy. Anybody can let that happen. Just let your emotions run wild. Just let it all go. Only a strong person can sincerely forgive. And it takes a doubly strong person to forgive the people who have harmed him while he's in the midst of experiencing the suffering that they've inflicted on him. 
It's one thing to forgive somebody after you've had the time to deal with it and maybe get over it all. It's quite another thing to forgive people while you are in the midst of experiencing the pain that they have caused you. At its worst, that takes an incredibly special person. Jesus forgave his murderers totally and completely while they were in the process of murdering him. That had to impress a man like Dismas, whose life had probably been ruled up to that point by hatred and unforgiveness. Bottom line is, we do not know for sure why the good thief opened his heart to Christ. But we know that he did. And you know what, my brothers and sisters? That's enough for us to know. Because it means that his personal life story, as bad as it might have previously been, had a happy ending. Once his heart had been touched, he said those famous words of repentance to Jesus. Jesus, remember me. Just remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus responded with those beautiful words, those famous words of forgiveness and mercy. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Which brings us back to the question I asked at the very beginning. What was the best day of Dismas's life? Well, if you had questioned the good thief himself about that, as he was being nailed to the cross late Good Friday morning, if you had said to him, at that precise moment, Dismas, what was the best day of your life? He might have said, any day but this one. Of course, if he had been married, he might have also responded by saying, the best day of my life was the day I met my future wife. If Dismas had a child, he might have said, the best day of my life was the day that my child was born. There are lots of possibilities. There are many things that we can reasonably assume he might have said. But there's one thing, my brothers and sisters, that we can be 99.9999% certain he would not have said at the moment he was being crucified. He would not have said, the best day of my life is this one. But it was. It was the very best day, without question, of his life on planet Earth. And the very best part of this very best day of his life was the part when he hung on that cross next to Jesus Christ, in utter, total, complete agony. I would call that the irony of all ironies. It was the best day of the good thief's life, because this was the day he opened his heart to Jesus Christ. This was the day he received the gift of eternal salvation. Without that day, and specifically 
without the suffering of that day, he probably would have spent eternity in hell. And I'm sure that Dismas himself realized this once he heard Jesus say to him, this day you will be with me in paradise. So if you had asked him this question just a minute before he died, Dismas, what was the best day of your life? He would have given you, I'm sure, a very different answer than he would have given three hours before. Looking at his life from a new perspective, an eternal perspective, would have led him to say, you know what, today is the best day of my life, without question. Not because of my suffering on this cross, but rather because of how I have responded to my suffering. Hopefully you can see how all of this applies to us. Speaking personally for a moment, I wonder, I really wonder, when my life is over, which I hope it won't be for a good long time, but when it finally ends, will I look back and say, one of the best days of my life was the day my father died. One of the best days of my life was the day my mother died. One of the best days of my life was the day I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Not if I'm on my way to hell. I won't say any of those things if I'm on my way to eternal perdition. But if I'm on my way to heaven, in part because I've allowed the tragic experiences of my life to affect me in the same way that the good thief allowed his suffering to affect him, then yes, in the end I'll look upon these and many of the most difficult days of my life as great days. Or maybe it would be more accurate to say as blessed days. Because in the midst of them, I will have grown in faith. I will have grown in holiness. And that will have a direct influence, a direct influence on the level of happiness that I experience forever in heaven. To paraphrase Bishop Fulton Sheen on this point, Sometimes God allows us to suffer to make us good, as was the case with Dismas, the thief. But if we're already good, there are times when God allows us to suffer to make us better. And better we will be, my brothers and sisters, if we make the choice the important choice, the crucial choice, to respond to our crosses like Dismas, the good thief, responded to his 2,000 years ago.